Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. What's up? This your boy, Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Happy Saturday morning, everybody. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Thank you for joining us on this footballless weekend. You know what that means. A lot of NBA talk, but boy, do we have a great show. We've got the iconic announcer Brent Musburger coming up in about 30 minutes. You're going to definitely not want to miss that. And of course, frequent guest on this show, NBA newsbreaker, NBA insider, Brian Winhorst. Got into it with Draymond Green a little bit this week, huh? Boy, those NBA players are feisty these days. Windhorse coming up in the second hour at about 11.30 a.m. Eastern. So it was a brutal night in the NBA. I mean, all around, you got a star in Devin Booker getting tossed. You got the Lakers looking good again. Fourth straight win, no Lonzo. And the DeMarcus Cousins injury. I mean, I almost wanted to open the show with that. It is so significant. Folks, I don't care what level NBA fan you are. The trickle-down from that DeMarcus Cousins injury is so massive. We'll dive into that later, but poor Pelicans, right? Just as they're playing well, you're thinking, Anthony Davis, back to the playoffs. Oh, man, brutal. DeMarcus Cousins, prayers up for that guy. Listen, an Achilles injury, that is much more significant than an ACL, a shoulder, what have you. Oh, it's just brutal. New Orleans fans this morning are bummed. But I want to open the show because I started watching this program on National Geographic with my son last night. He's kind of into animals. And the show's called Tiger Wars, right? I definitely distract him when the tiger battles are happening. I personally am drawn incredibly to how the cameraman gets so close to the tigers and these rabid animals 
in sub-Saharan Africa. It's incredible the camera angles they get. But Tiger Wars was taking place on his Tiger Reserve in India. right? And it basically centered around a showdown between the powerful young tiger. His name was B1. He was like ascending, right? And of course, his grandfather, the tiger named Charger, which had ruled this tiger reserve in India for, for about seven or eight years, which is a long time in, in tiger world. But Charger was getting into his advanced age, and they talk about, oh, suddenly his vision's going, and all of a sudden he's not moving around as quickly. He's fighting for survival. He can sense the young tiger coming up. You know where I'm going, of course. I have a second screen when I'm watching with my kids. That was Lakers-Bulls, and they flashed the, the, at the bottom the Cavs score. I see Cavs. Cavs struggling against Indiana. I look back at the Tiger showdown. I see Charger, the old, aging Tiger. I look at the Cavs score. I say, oh, my goodness. Charger is LeBron! And I start digging into it, and I've got all this time on my hands the night before the show. And you've got B1, the ascending, powerful Tiger. Of course, the Golden State Warriors coming up, coming after the King. And the King is getting tired and old. And I start looking into these LeBron James stats and I said, wait a minute. 11 games into January. This is LeBron's worst month as a pro since his rookie year. No joke, folks. Fewest points per game. He's down to 21% on three-pointers. Remember Christmas. Mighty LeBron. Defying Father Time. He's going to be an MVP. He was leading the MVP candidacy. This is a month ago. Heading into that Christmas showdown. Now, I talked about that Christmas showdown for weeks. And how it just sapped the energy of LeBron. And it just killed the Cavs. Folks, they still have not recovered. That Christmas loss that the Cavs suffered in Golden State at the hands of the Curryless Warriors. LeBron has not rebounded. It sent them into a death spiral. I mean, listen, LeBron's field goal percentage is still good, but he has completely lost his touch from deep. Okay? 21% on threes. He sh- his free throw percentage from the line is plummeting. You can see his confidence waning. Now he's still at 23-6-6. Six, and six. Hey, these are great numbers. But for LeBron, a guy who just averaged a triple-double in the finals, go look at his stat splits. They're on the available to everyone on the internet. LeBron is having his worst scoring month since his rookie year. That's not something I expected to notice when I start digging into these numbers. Nobody's talking about this because everybody's all focused on the Cavs' troubles. Well, listen, we could go deeper into the analogy of Cavs versus Warriors, right? Take it to the next level. LeBron is now 33, his worst month as a pro in over a decade, and the Cavs are in a major funk. Cleveland goes as LeBron goes. You you know that that kind of happens in the NFL for one team, right? Take a look at the Green Bay Packers, everybody. They go as Aaron Rodgers goes. Aaron Rodgers goes down with an injury? <laughs> Forget the Packers. They're done. They're surrounded by ineptitude. Aaron Rodgers healthy? He's the most talented quarterback in the NFL. I've argued Brady will go down as the best, but there is a strong case to be made that Aaron Rodgers is the most talented quarterback in NFL history. And and we've said this, if you've listened to the show for a couple years now, we've said this, LeBron 
probably more talented overall than Michael Jordan. But Jordan will be the best because he won six titles and never lost in the finals. But I start wondering, when I see this LeBron struggles in January, did he peak in the finals? Have we seen peak LeBron when he averaged a triple-double in June against Golden State? I've always said, enjoy LeBron while he's here. We're never, ever going to see another player with the body of Carl Malone and the speed of John Wall. We're just not going to see that again. And now you've got to, I don't want to say diminish LeBron, because again, 23-6-6, we know he can turn it on at a moment's notice. But I'm a little concerned for LeBron if we just saw his peak, and this may be his downward beginning. It it, it happens to all of us, okay? But it's not going to happen to the Warriors. Their four best players are on the right side of 30. Curry and Durant are 29. Clay and Draymond just 27. They're not reliant upon one player to make them go. LeBron is the system in Cleveland. Aaron Rodgers is the system in Green Bay. So who do you compare the uh, the Warriors to? We've seen them win, go on a win streak without Kevin Durant. We've seen them go on a win streak without Steph Curry. You could almost say, hey... Jason, that, that Warriors system is something else. The system is top-notch. You know who else has a phenomenal system? Team that just so happens to be in the Super Bowl, playing next week, the New England Patriots. Wide receivers, they're interchangeable. Running backs, give, me, give them, take them. I can make do with whoever I got. Nobody on that Patriots defense has been there forever. They lose Dante Hightower. Their best linebacker. Oh, geez, the defense is horrible. And here we are again in the Super Bowl. Systems matter. Systems above one-man shows. That's what should be the takeaway when you watch the demise of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And again, I'm not saying LeBron is old. We can we could see him go nuts in February. I don't think it's going to happen, and here's why. The NBA did everything in its power to prevent stars from sitting out games. LeBron James has not missed a game this season. That's not good, and here's why. Every year for the last five years, he's missed a few games. He has decided, you know what, I need to sit out, I need to rest, whether I need a week in Miami, whether I need to just recharge my batteries a day here, a game there. They're not letting him do that. And that's not good news for LeBron. That could be why he's wearing down. Maybe peak LeBron wasn't June. Maybe this is just fatigued LeBron, tired LeBron. But he was used to skipping a week here, a couple games there. You know, you miss a dozen games. It's not the end of the world. You essentially get three days rest, right? Not having to travel. The NBA put a stop to that. And when you're a one-man show like LeBron, that ain't good news. And and I got to say, in a way, I feel bad for LeBron because, you know, it sounds like I'm beating him up. I, I know this is tough to say, and I'm a huge LeBron fan. What's not to love about this guy? He grows up with no father, in extreme poverty, moving around all throughout his childhood, sleeping on couches of friends and family. 16, he's on the cover of Sports Illustrated. These, it's like a child star. We know what happens to child stars, but not LeBron. Guys avoided trouble. I, LeBron's never been arrested. I mean, you guys could look this up. I can't think of one major LeBron personal scandal that he's had to go through. I mean, if you want to throw out some of this 
Delonte West rumor nonsense, fine. You want to talk about jumping around teams, fine. But these child stars, we've seen them go off the rails. That hasn't happened to LeBron. He's 33 years old. He's had a scandal-free, and and I mean, again, I'm looking at Sam here in the studio. Sam's probably thinking, Jason, the decision, come on. That was a scandal. It's not a bad scandal. It was a, a foolish decision on his part to televise that. Um, but that's not a scandal. LeBron came literally, started from the bottom, as Drake said, and look where he is now. So I do want to remind you, I'm not hammering LeBron for having it the worst month of his career in January since his rookie year. I do want to remind you, when LeBron hit 30, he missed 13 games. He hasn't missed a game this season. And just to uh, recap what it's like to be on top of the NBA, even though he's no longer an MVP candidate this year, at 33 years old, LeBron is putting up good numbers. Okay, he's going to be first or second team all NBA. Cavs are going to make a run. Here are a couple other players I looked up. At 33 years old, Charles Barkley was down to 19 points, 13 boards, and he missed 29 games. At 33 years old, Isaiah Thomas, the Pistons' great point guard, he had retired. At 33 years old, Larry Bird eh, put up 24, 9, and 7. Very good numbers. Celtics bounced in the first round of the playoffs. I'll tell you this. LeBron ain't going down in the first round of the playoffs. The only peer LeBron has at 33, you guessed it, Michael Jordan. Won a title with the Bulls. I think it was his fifth title. I mean, the NBA was a bit watered down at that point, as I just told you the other great 33-year-olds. That's another topic for another day. Jordan averaged 29-5-4, and four, was the finals MVP. That's not going to happen for LeBron this year. Don't cry for LeBron. He is just like Charger, that aging tiger I told you about from Tiger Wars. I won't spoil what happens at the end of Tiger Wars for you. Uh, if you want, if you have in-demand and want to look up National Geographic, it's, it's a really good, quick hour program. But nobody can stay on top forever. And that window for LeBron is rapidly closing. Which, of course, dovetails into, what, five months from now, the NBA offseason. It's going to be so lit. I cannot wait for NBA free agency. And listen, this DeMarcus Cousins news significantly will impact NBA free agency. There's a lot to chew on, especially in the NBA. So very excited for today's show. We're going to do plenty of NFL coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. I wrote something this week about the New England Patriots that made me public enemy number one in Boston. But folks, I'm telling you, at this point, the Patriots' success is bad for the NFL. I'm curious what the appetite is for an XFL-NFL discussion. Personally, I see this as like a non-thing at all. Sam, did it interest you whatsoever? XFL, NFL? No. It's just... I think all the talent and all my attention is soaked up in the NFL. Yeah. I don't have... I mean, sorry, XFL. I don't have time for another sport. I mean... You watch college football, NFL, unless you're going to do it in, like, the summer. Is that their game plan? When there's, like, no sports going on? You can watch the CFL then, right? No, I'm not watching the CFL. (laughs) So, sorry, Vince McMahon. Rob, producer Rob, has a good theory on XFL, NFL. We'll get to that later, maybe, if you care. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. 
All right, so I know uh, anybody who was listening to the show a few minutes ago when I said Patriots' success is bad for the NFL, they're, they're not going to be happy with me. Um, but, but, there's always a but. Listen, we, we discussed this recently. I, I tend to be a worrywart about stuff that I shouldn't worry about, right? But I told you a couple weeks ago, I'm worried about the Steelers heading into this Jags game. Nailed it. I told you that's, I think the week before that, I'm worried about these Cleveland Cavaliers. That team right now is a powder keg. I know they won last night. LeBron had the quadruple double. Uh, that was double-digit turnovers the most in his career. Um, But I'm trying to worry less. And I, and I, after the Patriots completed their rally to beat the Jags at home, I was like, gosh, Patriots in another Super Bowl? Eighth time in 18 years. And I started to look at the landscape of sports. And um, it really started. I was at the Laker game Sunday. Lakers-Knicks. And I, I lucked into good seats. And I don't have a good signal in Staples. Uh, Rob, you've been to Staples, right? There's not a good cell phone service there. It's pretty poor, actually. And I can't get the score on my phone of Patriots-Jags. I was DVRing the game. And I had a buddy... Start texting me. Oh my gosh! Did you see Gronk? He's out. And I and I was like, "What happened? Is he dead? Like, what's going on?" And I start getting all these texts about Gronk and Jags, but nobody's sending the score. So I had to ask people around me, "Hey, do you have the score of the Patriots game?" Nobody cared. No, I, I don't have it. I, I don't know. I'm not following the game. Like nobody was interested. And then it it hit me. The Patriots dynasty has gone on too long. They are officially stale. I'm being serious here. Eight Super Bowls in 18 years? That's boring. There's Patriots fatigue, and it's real, people. I I run a website. We run Patriots stories. People don't click on them the way they click on the new blood stories. Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, Carson Wentz. At some point, the dynasty's got to end. It's just boring. These are the words that I associate with the Patriots right now. Stale, fatigue, and boring. Now, there was some drama this season. Great. Loved the Alex Guerrero stuff. We milked it. Belichick versus Brady, yada, yada, yada. The reality is, right now, they are awful for the NFL because they are a terrible storyline for two weeks. Think about what happened after the AFC title game. Monday, people were recapping. Nothing to say about the Eagles game because it was a blowout. Oh, Tom Brady's great. Well, you can't compare him to Jordan because we've been doing that for two or three years. You can't compare him to any other athlete because Tom Brady is is ridiculous. You can't compare Belichick to Saban. Can't compare Belichick to anyone. So they're on their own planet, in their own solar system. You can't compare anybody to them. So that's discussions off the table. And then what are you left with? Rob Gronkowski? Like, when is that shtick no longer funny? Like, I, to me, there is nothing interesting about the Patriots unless you want to revive that drama talk and maybe they lose this game, right? And, and, and then Belichick and Brady go their separate ways, but, like, all the head coaching jobs are taken. Where's Belichick going? Is he going to retire? Brady, we know he ain't going nowhere. So then it's like, oh, this is just boring. Really? Seriously, guys. The Cowboys went to won three Super Bowls in seven years. That's it. Seven-year run, seven-year window. Everybody enjoyed it. Uh, Bulls, six titles in eight years. Again, great run, fun. Eight years. Next. Yankees went to the World Series six times in eight years. 
That's a window that's palatable. We're talking about 18 years. That's nearly a generation. What's a generation? 20, 25 years? That's what we're looking at with the Patriots. It's stale. I'll never forget this line from the criminally underrated movie, Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead. I know you've seen it. Andy Garcia, a very attractive girl. I'm spacing on her name. Great movie. But there was a line that I have. You know, I jot down great movie lines because I'm a loser. Um, Life is like a mustard burp. Momentarily tangy and then forgotten in the air. Life is like a mustard burp, right? A dynasty is a mustard burp, right? It's a summer romance. It's short. It's quick. And then it's over. The problem is 18 years is too damn long. Honestly, there are no storylines. We are about to head into Super Bowl week, media week, all that fun stuff. You tell me what the interest level is. Any of your friends out there talking about the Super Bowl? Now, the game itself will probably be great. All the games are great. But what what the fans need, what the media need, are is the time between the games to chew up with drama. NBA has tons of drama. Drama galore. Where's the drama in the NFL? What they need is these young teams. They need Andrew Luck back. They need Aaron Rodgers back. They need Deshaun Watson to break through. Okay? You need the young stars to break through. And right now, I'm telling you, it is getting ugly. When when you're looking about topics for the Eagles, who are boring as hell with Nick Foles, and the Patriots, who are stale. So, folks, I mean, listen, if you want to argue with me about it, I, I guess I'll open the phone lines to call in, but we got Brent Musburger coming up here in a minute. So, uh, 877-996-6369. The Patriots are stale. Work. Patriots are boring for the NFL right now. They need new blood. You know, Hell, I would rather see next year the Browns go 9-7 and seven and sneak in the playoffs with whoever they got, Kirk Cousins, draft picks, whatever. I just want some new meat. That's all. All right, so coming up next, everybody wants to talk about legalized sports betting. We got the best guy to talk about it. Legendary announcer Brent Musburger, he's up next. First, let's go to Isaac Lowenkron for the latest report. Good morning, Jason. We begin in the NBA, where multiple outlets report the New Orleans Pelicans big man DeMarcus Cousins tore his left Achilles tendon in the waiting seconds of last night's win over the Houston Rockets and is out for the season New Orleans at 27-21, and 21, presently a game out of the five spot in the Western Conference. LeBron James' eighth triple-double of the season and the 63rd of his career in Cleveland's win over Indiana, overshadowing, or not, the fact that he also had a career-high 11 turnovers, including six of them in the fourth quarter. The Sixers won at San Antonio by 19 for their first road victory against the Spurs since 2004. Screw you! A little touchy this morning, aren't we, Coach? Screw you. Lakers won at Chicago for their fourth straight win, their eighth win in their last ten games. Giannis Antetokounmpo, 41 points and 13 rebounds to the Bucks' 25-point blowout of Brooklyn. Finally, Jason in tennis, Caroline Wozniacki won the Australian Open today over Simona Halep for the first Grand Slam singles title of her career. Back to you. Congrats to Caroline Wozniacki. Thank you, Isaac. I, I didn't see a second of the Australian Open. I hear that if you gamble on tennis, there's a great opportunity to clean up in Vegas. It's weird. In Vegas, if you gamble on the obscure sports, uh, WNBA, right? The, the lines makers are not as sharp 
for tennis, WNBA. And I think we discussed this last last week with Todd Furman. Uh, the problem is then you've got to watch or pay attention to tennis and the WNBA. And for me, that's not super interesting. Um, so back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio, I am your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. We will get into the Super Bowl. I know I just I was just harsh hammering uh, the Super Bowl storylines and all the non-drama going on. Folks, we talked last week about the best-worst matchups. When you think about Eagles-Patriots, it's like, I, I, I'm not an Eagles hater. I did just live in Philadelphia for about, outside Philadelphia for about seven years. And, you know, it, it's a nice city, a large city, but and the Eagles are everything there. But when you think about storylines, like, I don't say them. Who right now pops to you in your head as the most identifiable player on the Philadelphia Eagles? Carson Wentz yeah, on the sideline. <laughs> Maybe uh, uh, Ajayi. Jay Ajayi. Jay Ajayi, who's been there for like three months. He's living out of a suitcase somewhere in Philadelphia, right? He well, got he, traded He there. came out of nowhere, I mean, for, with the Dolphins yeah, last it's like, year. It's, so he's really not even a household name. It's just a tough Super Bowl to get into. And, uh, you know, the good thing is there is gambling and there are prop bets. So joining the show now to talk all things Super Bowl, all things gambling, from the V-SIN Network, Vegas Sports Information Network, the legendary announcer, Brent Musburger. Brent, good morning. How are you? I'm fine, Jason. How you doing, lad? How you doing? I'm tremendous. Thanks for joining the show. Been a long-time fan of yours. Brent, I'd like to start with the Super Bowl. And sure. I see the line, I've seen it some places, down to four and a half. Brent, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Is this not a massive overreaction to the conference championship game where the Patriots looked ordinary against the Jags and the Eagles were lights out uh, destroying the Vikings? Isn't that what we're supposed to go against in gambling? Shouldn't we be putting our money on the Patriots? Well, I don't know if it's a, a gigantic overreaction. Obviously, an overreaction. But, Jason, I want to remind you of one thing. I want to remind you of the spreads in the previous victories mm. by the New England Patriots. Let's go three, 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 four. Last year, their widest margin of victory, six yeah. on that touchdown in overtime when they ended the game. So after everybody paid attention to what the Eagles did, Obviously, they had some confidence in Nick Foles. And remember, it opened at 6, right after the NFC Championship game. You could bet it in Vegas, and you could get the Eagles in 6. Within the hour, it quickly fell to 5.5. Then some big hitters showed up. Uh, one dude walked into the MGM, bet over $2 million, <laughs> took the 5.5 and, and the Eagles. Another dude walked in here to the South Point, put up a half million dollars cash, Chris Andrews, the number one bookie, kept lowering the odds after every 100000 that you could get. He bet the money line. He didn't even want the points. Jeez. So even offshore, some big money has shown on the Philadelphia Eagles. And we'll see if there's buyback. Uh, you know, A lot of that probably depends on when we get final word that uh, Gronkowski is going to play, and I'm sure that he is. But you can't say that and bet on it until we uh, we hear for sure. So, so yes. Part of it is an overreaction to how well the Eagles played against the Vikings. But there's history on the side of these guys that are stepping up to the plate. And some of us, 
some of us believe that the NFC was better than the AFC this year, and the Patriots were asked to come through two AFC South teams, the Titans and the Jaguars, whereas the Eagles had to come through the NFC South with the Atlanta Falcons, and then, of course, the NFC North with the Minnesota Vikings. So we think that they came a tougher way, and the number has bounced, and a lot of the houses are protecting themselves, leaving it at four and a half right now. That's Brent, I got to say, we're talking about Brent Musburger, great announcer. Uh, that, to me, it's shocking. Brent, I heard people like 10 days ago saying that Case Keenum was better than Nick Foles. And now all these guys are rushing in for to bet over a million dollars on Nick Foles. Let me ask you, Brent, these guys who are betting seven figures, are these sharp betters or just rich guys who ha- are dumb money? This is sharp money. Oh, these are guys who are event betters. In the case of the, in the case of the two million and the half million, in both instances, uh, this could be syndicate money. I don't mean that in terms of the mafia, but I mean <laughs> groups of betters yeah. who pool money together and have someone fronted to bet it. But in both of the particular instances that we're talking about, we're talking about smart money. Hmm. Interesting. We're talking with Brent Musburger. Brent, let me ask you a question. Last year in the NFL postseason, I believe favorites went eight and one. This year yes. in the postseason, I believe it's underdogs eight and one. So is, is some of that change, uh, obviously, as to the quarterback situation or lack thereof in the postseason, but also is some of it Vegas setting lines a little higher because they got cr- destroyed last year in the NFL playoffs? Yeah, absolutely. They're protecting themselves. The bookies uh, have to protect themselves. In the case of the Philadelphia Eagles, the bookies were not giving enough credit to the possibility that the Foles would play back to the one year that he had with the Eagles and Chip Kelly. And hats off to the Philadelphia Eagles coaching staff for what they brought out of Foles. And remember, he had to step in late in that Los Angeles Ram game out west after Carson Wentz went out with his knee injury. And he made just enough plays to make sure that the Eagles won that game. And that set them, of course, on pace to wind up with the number one seed. Then he also orchestrated a couple of victories until he was shut out by the Dallas Cowboys, but in that particular game, a lot of Eagle players were rested. They had already sealed up the number one seed in the NFC, and so the bookies were overly influenced by that. They still did not believe in Foles, and even after his victory over the Atlanta Falcons, they attributed that more to the Eagle defense than they did to Nick Foles. It wasn't until after the victory over Minnesota that some of them realized, wait a minute, this kid might be a little bit better than we think he is. Hmm. Interesting. Talk with Brent Musburger from the VSIN Network, Vegas Sports Information Network. Uh, he was a legendary announcer. While we're on NFL, Brent, let me quickly ask you. Uh, I know you were critical of Tony Romo. Well, I don't know if critical is maybe that's too harsh a word, but you had some opinions on Tony Romo as an announcer. He's now finished his first season. Uh, has anything changed your mind on what you've heard scene out of Tony Romo in the booth at CBS? Well, I did not like him at all when it first started because he was interrupting Jim Nance and uh, pretending that he was the smartest man on the planet uh, about what was about to happen. Let me say this. I think he's an improved announcer, and that's the way it should be, and I credit the production team of that so that it is very difficult taking someone off the playing field and dropping them into the number one game when we were at CBS, and John Madden came to us 
he did not start out with Pat Summerall. He worked the season with Gary Bender, and he learned uh, the ins and outs of broadcasting. And so when he moved over to team with Summerall on our number one team, then he was a much more polished broadcaster. Mm. And I will say that before the championship game, it was very smart on CBS's behalf when Tom Brady came out of the field with a bandage for the first time, and the first time anybody had seen that right hand, they were smart to throw it to Jim and Tony because they knew that they had talked to him the night before. And they then described and discussed uh, the performance of Brady during warm-ups prior to the championship game. So let me say that he's an improved broadcaster. I'm not quite yet ready to put him in the Hall of Fame, <laughs> if you know what I mean. So, Brett, what would you give him if you're grading his season uh, from an A to an F? You know, go back to high school. You give him a C, a B plus, a D minus? B minus. B minus. B minus. Okay, that's pretty positive. All right, Brett. Uh, we're talking with Brent Musburger, the legendary announcer. I listened to him for decades. Just iconic is the way I describe you, Brent. Let me pivot to the NBA quickly. The big story this week, the NBA embracing gambling. And, uh, oh, yeah. We'd like a one percent cut. Uh, obviously, I, I, I've heard I've heard Vegas is very unhappy about this. It's funny. Social media, Brent, is champagne. Yeah, cheering this is. Hey, the NBA gets it again. Adam Silver's the best commissioner in sports. Uh, nobody's talking about the Vegas side of this. Uh, Brent, how angry are the Vegas sports books at this demand for a one percent cut? I don't think that angry is the correct word. Okay. Let's say they're bemused, uh, and uh, uh, let's say they're not writing checks anytime soon. Uh, they say, listen, we're the ones who've been protecting the integrity of this league for years, watching the bets. Maybe the league should pay us. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> so that, listen, uh, it's a negotiating number that's thrown out there. Uh, states like New York, which is where this letter appeared up to the uh, state assembly in upstate New York when they asked for the 1% of the gross, uh, they have NBA teams in New York. So they probably have to pay closer attention to what the NBA is demanding. But as far as Nevada is concerned and those states that are going to legalize betting on the NBA and don't have franchises, and oh, by the way, the NBA moved out of New Jersey, you might recall. All I can say is good luck in trying to get your 1% hmm. because it's not happening. D- you're definitely not happening, huh? There's no chance in the world that these books. First of all, let me make one thing absolutely clear. The books do not clear a fortune on sports gambling. The take maybe is 4%, maybe 5% over the course of a year. That's generally what you hit. Uh, what you want to do is you want to get your 1% of slot machine take, okay? Yeah. That's the profit center of casinos, uh, not just in Nevada, but, well, certainly across the United States. It's the, uh, it is the, the number one take by the casinos by far, and it's not even close. Okay, so, Brent, uh, my question, when the NBA floats this, hey, we'd like 1%, Vegas pushback will be what? And uh, no, that's not happening. And do you think the NBA then walks away from this? Or like you said, is this the beginning of a negotiation? Well, in a state like New York, it could become the beginning of a negotiation if the state were to legalize betting on sports. But if you come to Nevada, 
after it's been legal for decades down here to bet on the NBA, and they say, you've got to give us 1%, uh, Nevada's going to quickly say, no thanks, you know, we're not in, but we're still going to bet on your games. And in the old days, they have been able to prevent, the NBA was able to prevent betting, let's say at the Palms, when the Maloofs, who owned that casino at the time, also owned the Sacramento Kings. So there was a conflict of, of ownership on both sides of the coin. That does not exist anymore in, uh, in Las Vegas that I'm aware of. So they're not going to be come in. They cannot, under any circumstance, muscle the casinos that have been taking action and say, we've got to, you know, it's, it's interesting that all of a sudden, uh, after all, all these years opposing betting on the outcome of their games, suddenly the NBA says, hey, you know, maybe bookmaking is the way to go. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love the use of the word muscle there, Brent. Excellent stuff. Thank you very much, Brent Musburger, the legendary sportscaster, the VSIN radio host. Brent, congratulations on all your success, and uh, love your work, and uh, good luck with the NBA Vegas. I, ha- I have a feeling you're going to be called on a lot to chime in on that one. Okay, my friend. Take care. All Thank you, right, Brent. Great. That was a great Brent Musburger, huh? NBA versus Vegas. I- I'm loving this showdown. It sounds like it's not going to happen. I mean, Brent Musburger knows his stuff. Uh, just just great stuff from Brent Musburger. All right, coming up next here on the Big Lead, Fox Sports Radio. A uh, little more information coming out on this DeMarcus Cousins Achilles injury. We will get to that and the domino effect it could have on not only the league, but uh, but it, the entire league, actually. It, it's gonna The domino effect of the DeMarcus Cousins injury will impact the entire league. That's next. Progressive's new Home Quote Explorer makes it easier to protect what you love. Just go online, compare quotes, and choose what's right for you. Progressive.com is your home for all things home insurance. It was pretty cool talking to a voice from your childhood who still resonates. I mean, I can go on YouTube and pull up any, you know, amazing announcing call from the 80s or 90s. And Brent Musburger's on it. And I can it takes me back to my childhood. Just a huge fan of Brent Musburger. I'm surprised he doesn't like Romo that much. That, was that surprising to you, Sam? Like, I, I don't get it. Like, everybody likes Romo. Why is he anti-Romo? I think uh, Musburger, his style of uh, broadcasting, he's one of those guys who, like, he, like, lets it wash over you. You know, it comes to him. I think that with Romo, it's a little bit too much, like, frenetic energy. So Musburger, to me, has always been a guy who just lets the words come to him. Yeah. He's never I, been a speed, a motor mouth, you know? Yeah, no, that's, little, a, that's little, a fair different point. different style, maybe. I, I don't see why both can't exist, though. I mean... I love energy. You could feel Tony Romo's having fun, exciting, loving life in the booth. And at the same time, yeah, I get the whole, you know, let let the crowd speak for the moment. Both can work for me. I can love them both. I can love Musburger and Romo. I will say that um, the, for the uh, the Jaguars-Patriots uh, game, Romo was, he was like enthusiastic, kind of cheesy, but he did kind of slow down a little bit. Just let it come to him. You, 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 that, I, did, I did detect a little bit of that. Um, but you love his his enthusiasm. Oh, I he love is like a fan. I mean, energy. A- there's nothing that can match energy and fun. Whether it's TV, radio, even writing, energy just jumps off the page. All right, back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. The big sports news overnight. Uh, besides the line in the Super Bowl going down to four point five, which to me just remains crazy, is the Demarcus Cousins Achilles injury. Uh, I got bad news. Obviously for the Pelicans, for Demarcus Cousins, for the NBA. This is terrible. 
This is truly awful news. Uh, wh- where do we start? Are the Pelicans going to make the playoffs without DeMarcus Cousins? They're tied for six now. They've been playing tremendous. Remember, Boogie had that 44-24 game or whatever that was recently? He had a triple-double last night. So things are going great for the Pelicans, and now he's gone. And unless you think Drew Holiday and the return of Solomon Hill and a bunch of mediocre players can can get Anthony Davis to the postseason, I don't think that's going to happen. So I'm going to say the Pelicans missed the playoffs. Uh, number two. By the way, he was the number two target among teams needing a free agent to get you over the hump because he's an impending free agent. Paul George, I would say, is number one, although it doesn't look like the Thunder are going to dump him because they're hot. So nobody's going after Cousins, obviously. Now, the Achilles injury itself is absolutely brutal. This is not an ACL where it's like you're back in six months. An Achilles injury is like a nine-month recovery. And this is a six foot ten, two hundred and sixty pound guy. Unfortunately, there is a parallel, and, and I, you may want to turn away from your radio here. But Elton Brand, who was a number one overall pick and a really good player, tore his Achilles at the age of twenty eight. Never was the same. Before the Achilles injury, Elton Brand averaged over twenty six times. Never averaged over fifteen. Post Achilles. Now he was 28 when it happened. Demarcus Cousins is 27. Okay, it gets worse. From 1992 to 2012, 18 players suffered a torn Achilles. Seven never played again in the NBA. That's just devastating. Demarcus Cousins is he going to get paid? I don't see how you can pay a guy like Demarcus Cousins, despite how the amazing season he was having. I don't think you can max him out coming off an Achilles. That's just the uh, that's the unfortunate truth. And I feel terrible for him. So what happens now? The Pelicans can't possibly pay him. They're capped out. The talk was, are they going to trade him? But now you can't trade him. So what do you do? I, I feel awful for these guys. And, and the big picture, Anthony Davis. That's the big picture here. Listen, they're not making the playoffs. Anthony Davis is going to look around. We're not going to pay Boogie. What am I doing here? I wouldn't be shocked if mid-July we hear Anthony Davis once out of New Orleans. I mean, it's sad but true. Coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio, are we going to see a blowout in the Super Bowl? Happy Saturday morning, everybody. I'm your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Football-less weekend, unless you want to count the Senior Bowl. I will be watching that as I love the NFL draft. Unless you count the Pro Bowl. I don't even know. What day is that Pro Bowl, by the way, Rob? I think it's this weekend. But I have no idea. I never watch the Pro Bowl. I never watch the MLB All-Star. I'll watch an inning or two of the MLB All-Star game. Don't watch a Pro Bowl. Love me some NBA All-Star game. I think it's fun. Uh, We're not going to get too much into the teams for the NBA All-Star game. I mean, the game is in a couple weeks. It's out here in L.A., so the party scene will be lit. You know, I've only had a few invites to NBA All-Star parties. A little bit disappointed. Hey, Drake, can you get at your boy? Come on, man. I'm out here waiting. 
But before the NBA All-Star Game, before the NBA trade deadline, which is, I believe, 12 days away, we got a Super Bowl to play. Eagles-Patriots, and I, I have some concerns about the game. As we talked to Brent Musburger earlier, it was a great interview. We're going to put some of it up online shortly. Musburger had a lot to say. Uh, I do believe there is a huge, colossal overreaction to what the Eagles did to the Vikings in the NFC Championship game. I I had predicted on this show that the Eagles would win. I thought Foles would outplay Keenum. Minnesota disagreed. Minnesota fans were irate. But here's the reality. Nick Foles did not become an amazing quarterback thanks to one game. It doesn't work like that. You are kind of what your record says you are. And what does Nick Foles' career record say? He's an average quarterback. That's the reality. This is not a guy who's going to go out and absolutely dominate every week like he did in the NFC Championship game. Yes, Nick Foles had a great run under Chip Kelly. And then he turned into a pumpkin and reality hit. And he's bounced around. He hasn't had any success until the NFC Championship game. Who is the real Nick Foles? That's my question. Is he the guy who looked like garbage against the Raiders on national television at the end of the regular season? Garbage. Is he the guy who looked like doo-doo against the Falcons? And that's being, I'm keeping it real, guys. He was not very good. Captain check down, no turnovers, but he wasn't making winning explosive plays. He got lucky, a bunch of dropped interceptions at the end of the regular season and even a huge win in that Falcons game. Remember that overthrow that bounced off the guy's knee, the Falcons defender at midfield? They got a catch out of it. They ended up scoring on the drive. That was huge. That's a game-turning play they got lucky on. And one of the big tenets of gambling on the NFL is don't read too much into what you just saw. And this lines up perfectly for a Patriots Super Bowl blowout. Everybody saw New England struggle with Jacksonville. And then they come back and win at the end. Well, Jacksonville stinks. I mean, Blake Bortles carved him up. How does that happen? Patriots are terrible. Nick Foles is better than Bortles. And then on the other side, you've got, whoa. Vikings. I mean, they look super. Oh, did they? <laughs> did they? When they blew the halftime lead, was it 17 nothing against the Saints at home and nearly lost, if not for the one of the luckiest plays in NFL history. Maybe that's hyperbole, but that was a lucky play. And they come out and get their doors blown off in Philly. So what were the Vikings? So now you've got a situation, it's just a perfect lineup for Vegas to clean up because all the money's coming in on the Eagles. All of it. Public. Eagles. Sharp money, as Brent Musburger said. $2 million bets. $1.5 million money line bets are on the Eagles. Guys, has anybody ever made big bucks betting against Bill Belichick? That's an easy question, and the answer is hell to the no. So I'm smelling blowout here. I'm sorry, the line opened at six, down to four and a half. The Patriots beat Marcus Mariota, Ah, Blake Bortles. Ah. Folks, this game, this is the uh, biggest underdog in the Super Bowl since Arizona was plus seven against Pittsburgh in 2009. And And I did look up the Eagles' losses, and this is what makes the Super Bowl so tough to handicap. There is one... Parallel to all three Eagles losses this season. And I know, Nick, I see you really energized. You're with me. Patriots, they're going to roll. 
But there is one common theme to the Patriots. I'm sorry, to the Eagles' three losses this season. When they give up over 100 yards rushing, they lost three games. Their overall record giving up over 100 yards is 3-3. Three and three. They gave up 137 to the Raiders and won. But they gave up 112 to the Chiefs, lost. 101 to the Seahawks, lost. And then week 17, eh, you know, the starters, I think, left at halftime. They gave up a buck 29 to the Cowboys, lost. So if the Eagles give up a lot of groundwork to Deion Lewis and uh, James White and Rex Burkhead, you know where the game's headed. But it's it's very difficult to dive into stats here because the Eagles were 11-2 and when Nick Foles left. They would dominate time of possession, right, and win the game. And Foles was lights out. Uh, I'm sorry, Wentz was lights out. Uh, Carson Wentz was lights out on third down. And they were 11-2 and two when Carson Wentz left. So it's like, you know, can you, how much stock do you put in the regular season? So I, if, you, if you discount my rushing defense thing, here's the other th- reason I think the Patriots are going to blow them out. Do you remember Bill Belichick's first Super Bowl? Belichick versus the fastest show on turf, Kurt Warner. The Rams were 14-2, and two, averaged 31 points a game, led the league in points over 500. Number one in point differential. They had Kurt Warner, Marshall Falk. They were a machine. They dropped 45 on the Packers that postseason. They had three points through three quarters against Bill Belichick in the Super Bowl. That was the greatest show on turf. Now, I know what you're going to say, Jason. The defense for the Patriots was way better back then. That's fine. Uh, agreed. You want to look at last year's Super Bowl? <laughs> Not a great Patriots defense. Falcons offense was, I believe, number one in the league in scoring. and po- I mean, They were a juggernaut. It was 28-3. Now, the defense for the Packers had the one pick six. I'm sorry, Falcons. Sorry. Last year, the Falcons defense had a pick six of Brady in the Super Bowl. They had three touchdown drives. That's it. Nothing in the fourth quarter when it mattered. Nothing. The Falcons, last year in the Super Bowl against defensive genius Bill Belichick, had gave up. They had three plays of 30 yards against the Patriots. Those are explosive plays, big plays, game-breaking plays. Guess how many the Jaguars had last week? Over 30 yards. None. It's tough to move the ball against Bill Belichick. I'm telling you, folks, I, I, I'm I, hoping for a good game. Right? All the Patriots Super Bowls tend to be close. I, everything to me points to Patriots by two touchdowns. To Patriots by double digits. You're talking about a bad secondary, and I'm not diving into X's and O's, but a bad secondary against Tom Brady, Gronk back from the concussion, Danny Amendola, and that's the other thing. You don't know who's going to beat you. So let me remind you, AFC Championship game last year, a former lacrosse player, Mr. Hogan, goes bananas against the Steelers. Super Bowl. Guess who caught 14 passes? James White. Who won the AFC Championship game for the Patriots? Danny Amendola was lights out. I mean, is Brandon Cooks going to have the game? Is it going to be Gronk? They have so many weapons, you can't game plan for one guy, and that is goes back to what we talked about at the open of the show. LeBron 
is the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers. That, that, that's what LeBron and the Cavs are. You look at the Warriors, they are the system. They are the Patriots. Who's going to beat you? Is it going to be Clay? Is it going to be Draymond? Curry? Durant? And they're built to win without a star in the system. So the Patriots are set up, for, uh, from my point of view, and I know they got Tom Brady's 40, and he's going to be under pressure from that aggressive blitzing front of the Eagles. Hey, hey, listen, Jags did sack him four times last week. But nobody makes adjustments like Belichick. I mean, guys, Doug Peterson was coaching high school football in Louisiana a decade ago. To me, all signs point to the Patriots by double digits. And we're a week out, but it smells like a blowout to me. Nick, you're nodding your head. Are you in agreement? It's going to be at least a double-digit blowout. At least. I mean, t- 10 plus points, I mean. At least. I, 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 got it, I got it 27-14. I mean, come on. Bill Belichick, two weeks to prepare for. Nick Foles. I know. Come on. And all these, by the way, did you see, speaking of betting, did you see how, like, the biggest betting line ever, according to R.J. Bell, was, you know, someone just bet, like, 10 mil or something like that on the Eagles? Did you see that 10 story? million? Yeah, well, look, look up R.J. Bell. Like, oh he, he had a story God. where it like, came out to where, like, that, the biggest this bet This is ever. overreaction. And people are just riding this underdog wave in the masks. Don't gamble with emotion. Uh, Rob, by the way, do you have our scores last week? Uh, from pre-snap reads. I have a feeling I did excellent. I think Nick did pretty darn good. I was almost on the money. What'd you have? Well, I had the Patriots winning 24-20. to 20. I think it was 24-21. That was close. No, no, it was 24-20. Oh, then, oh, okay, it was opposite then. So I said 24-21, oh, okay, 24-20. Okay. Wow, that was pretty, almost yeah, nailed it. Almost, almost. Uh, like I said, I have the almost, most almost wins ever. I'm, most I'm pretty sure al- you didn't say that, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Because I have here that you had the the uh, the Jags covering the seven. No, I I'm covering, but I still well okay. All right, covering, <laughs> yeah, they cover. That's they okay. Covered, but so, I said the, I still said the score. That's I could I could bring up the audio. You trying to get real specific? Yes. Yeah. Win for Nick on that one. Zach Ertz two TDs, hundred plus yards. Yeah. Okay. Not quite. I think yeah, did he yeah. have one TD? No. He had like seven. He was good. He was good though. Hey, quick question: Is Zach Ertz the second best tight end in the NFL after Gronk? Ooh. I think so. He blocks, so that helps. Kyle Rudolph's, That's a big difference. Kyle Rudolph's pretty good too, but yeah, Rudolph is so. good. It's it's Kelsey and Gronk, and, and oh, but Kelsey. but Ertz mm. blocks. Kelsey doesn't. Oh, block. Travis Kelsey. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Ertz blocks, so that he's more of a complete tight end. And Kelsey gets these. Kelsey gets these dumb penalties because like, he's mouthy and stuff. So I don't know, uh, Robert. You feel we're gonna do pre-stop reads next week ahead of the Super Bowl. But are you feeling Patriots or Eagles? You know what sucks is I hate the Patriots. I so root against, I. I actively root against the Patriots in every game they play. I think they're going to win, but I'm going to be rooting my heart out for the Eagles. Yeah, I can't root. I talk too much trash. <laughs> <laughs> when they dumped Chip Kelly, I went all in. And uh, I got to give it to them. They've built a contender quickly. They nailed Carson Wentz. Excellent job by the Eagles. I just have a bad feeling about the Super Bowl. All right, coming up next year on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, I came up with an interesting game. We don't do games and sticky things like that on this show, but I have a feeling you're going to love this role play. I'm going to be a star in sports, and someone is going to play the owner. You've got to hear that next on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. It's going to be a great 20 minutes on this show. Right now we're going to do something spectacular, and I'm telling you, he always brings great information. ESPN NBA insider Brian Windhorst joining the show in 10 minutes. 
Uh, I listen. I I know this is uh, joking. I've got to ask Windhorse this. I don't know if you guys saw this last night. So Kevin loves on the bench, and he's coming out of a timeout, and he has a towel in his hand. He wipes his hands and tosses it, it tosses it at Jeff Green's face. And Jeff Green and the guy next to him looked up at Kevin Love like, "What the hell are you doing?" It didn't look like it was funny. Kevin Love did it with a straight face. Jeff Green didn't laugh. And then if you look on Instagram, Jeff Green was like, uh, I'll see you tomorrow. I'll catch you with these gloves. And he had like an angry emoji. Listen, maybe it's joking around. But given the turmoil with that team right now, I don't think anything's a joke. For some reason, Kevin Love is being scapegoated. And I'm angry about it. I think Kevin Love is getting railroaded. Uh, We got so much to get to. Jeez. Um, All right. Let's just reset real quick. I am your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Um, Again, we're going to go places on this show. Other shows aren't going to go. Okay, that's the bottom line. I I have no fear. I've always operated that way. I'm going to challenge you to think about things in a different way. And what I'm going to do right now is I have um, tabbed producer Rob to play the role of Dan Gilbert, billionaire owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Rob is used to playing the role of a billionaire because he's very wealthy. He goes on a lot of trips. Um, I will also be speaking in Comic Sans. (laughs) I'm going to be LeBron. The trade deadline is in, what, nine or ten days? And Nick, uh, I'll tab you to be Kobe Altman. The GM of the cast. But you are to be uh, seen and not heard. No, I'm kidding. Uh, you know the GM of the Cavs, the rookie GM who dealt away Kyrie Irving. Kobe, I may be coming at you. Yeah, Nick, Nick you're, uh, you're a big role to say that's a good idea. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. That, that's what you say. Listen. Brilliant. So at any rate, we're, got, we're going to talk to Brian Winhorst in 10 minutes. But first, I'm LeBron, and I'm coming to knock on Dan Gilbert's door because the trade deadline's coming up. Hey, Dan, what's up? It's LeBron. You got a minute? Go for it, LeBron. I haven't talked to you in a while. I know we don't have a great relationship, but uh, I'm coming to you with an olive branch. Okay? I've seen other stars recently go to their owner around the league, Damian Lillard in Portland. He had a problem. He didn't go to the coach, GM. He went to his owner. Giannis wanted to save his coach, Jason Kidd. He said, hey, coach, what do you want me? I'll call the owner. I'm tight with him. So I'm coming to you, the star player on our Cavs, and Dan, I got to say, we're in a bad spot. I'm struggling this month. This is the worst scoring month of my career since my rookie year. I, I, I think I can, I can get the energy to get us back to the finals, but we need a player to get over the hump. And Dan, I'm coming to you. I brought us a title. Like I said I would two years ago. If you can deliver me, Paul George, you can dump that Nets pick. We will go to the finals and we will beat the Warriors. Dan Gilbert, I'm telling you, I, I think we could do this. Can you do it for me? Can you part with that Nets pick? Get me Paul George. Get us to the finals. LeBron, thank you for bringing us that championship. I really appreciate it. Uh, are you going to re-sign with us this summer? Before I answer your question, well, I don't, I, I don't know. I got, I got to see what happens once you get us Paul George, and, and uh, you know, my hope is that I'm back here. I love Cleveland. I came back from Miami, said I would deliver a title, did it, brought you millions upon millions of dollars, 
made you the king of the city. You go anywhere, you're eating for free, Dan. You're worshipped here for what we built together. I did it once, I can do it again. I don't I, I don't know what the future holds. All I know is if you can get us Paul George, I need one more guy. And then who knows? We get Paul George, maybe I convince Paul. Hey, Paul, opt in for one more year. We both run it. We, we run back-to-back titles. But we need to get Paul George, Dan. Can you do it? Well, first off, LeBron, I don't know if you know, but I'm looking to sell the team anyway. So I don't really like the city of Cleveland. No, what? So I'm going to be moving on either way. But it, it, it's hard for me to get top dollar for this team if I do as you say and I trade our only good asset that we have that's going to be inexpensive, which is that draft pick, to add more salary to an already extremely capped out luxury tax threshold type of roster that we have. So in order for me to do that, for me to even consider it, I would need guarantee from you that you are going to re-sign with this team at the end of the year, thus ensuring I can get top dollar when I do sell the franchise. And it's something that I can pitch to prospective buyers that not only do we have LeBron James, we're going to have Paul George. They're in the mix for the next one year minimum. And that's your incentive to pay so many billion that I'm asking for in addition to the luxury tax penalties that you're going to be getting. Yeah, I mean, Dan, I, you're looking too far down the road with this selling the team. That uh, Let's focus on the short term. Well, LeBron, focusing on the short term is what got us in this position No, to begin no, with. no, Dan, hold That's on, Dan. That's why we have $35 million after this Dan, season. Dan, I got to interrupt. Thompson. Dan, you put us in this predicament when you traded Kyrie Irving. You didn't have to trade him. You traded Kyrie, and that's why we're stuck in this bleep hole right now, struggling in the East. You are the one who traded Kyrie. Now, Kobe Altman here, your, your wingman, I know we didn't have a GM at the time, but again, Dan, that's on you. You got us in this mess. You need to get us out of it. You didn't have to trade Kyrie Irving. I know we had a fractured relationship, but as the owner, as the leader, you should have got us in a room and sat us down and said, gentlemen, figure this out. LeBron, I wouldn't have this problem if you weren't passively, aggressively posting on Twitter and Instagram. These oh, little don't make it about social media. Kyrie Irving, who don't we make knew it about social was media. the future of the franchise. You put me in a terrible position. You made me make moves for Kevin Love, who it turns out you don't really like anyways. It worked. You made me give Tristan Thompson, J.R. Smith, Iman Shumpert $42 million in salary uh, next season. What I said to do worked. We won that title. We beat the Warriors. And we're in worse shape now than we were two years well, ago. Well, the game done changed, Dan. The Warriors went and got Kevin Durant. Who was ready for that? Nobody in the NBA was ready for that. Now we've got to change on the fly. You, as the owner, have to make a move. And you made the dumb move of trading Kyrie. I put that behind me. we got to move on. The next move you can do is give up that Nets pick, go to OKC, say, y'all ain't getting out of the West. You're not getting by Houston. Go ahead, take the Nets pick, take whatever else you want, and me, Paul George, and the rest of the roster will figure this out and get out of the East and win a title for you. Dan, let's focus on the immediacy, the next step. Get us Paul George. Now, first off, I didn't trade Kyrie Irving. Who did? That would be Kobe Altman. He's right there. (laughs) Kobe! (laughs) That's number one. Number two. We're not in this game to get out of the Eastern Conference, okay? So if I make a move to get Paul George, I have to be assured not only are we going to beat the Warriors this year, 
but you guys are both going to be here next year, the year after that, the year after that. So that way I have something to sell to my guys. I gave you what you wanted, LeBron. You wanted your guys, your your clutch sports, you know, members here on the roster. I gave you that. You wanted the guys on the charter plane. I gave you that. You wanted to, you know, take vacation to the middle of the season for a week. I gave you that. What have you given to me? A title. LeBron. A title. Uh, Dan, Kyrie you know, it's Irving pretty clear. Gave Dan, me that title. Dan. Oh. And look Dan, what happened to him. Listen, Dan Gilbert, uh, it's been real. I think what we have here is a failure to communicate. And I'm going to work my butt off, try to win another MVP. I'm going to do the best for this team. But it's pretty clear we're not going to be making a move for Paul George to get better. If you don't want to improve the team, so be it. Good meeting with you, Dan. You know, LeBron, Thank you, you know, you know what would help this team and, my and be productive would be if you cut down on the turnovers. Oh, okay. Bleep, bleep, I'm not paying bleep, you $33 bleep. million dollars for 11 turnovers. Hold me back, Maverick. Hold me back. <laughs> Kobe, get this guy out of here. <laughs> that was LeBron talking to Dan Gilbert, trying to fix the Cavs. Uh, I actually want to take calls on that later, but we got Brian Windhorst coming up after the break. But first... Let's go to Isaac Lowenkrod for the latest in sports. Jason, multiple outlets report the New Orleans Pelicans big man DeMarcus Cousins tore his left Achilles tendon in last night's win over the Houston Rockets and is out for the season. Cousins had been having a career year. He'd been averaging 25 points, 13 rebounds, and 5 assists with New Orleans at 27-21, and 21, one game out of the 5 spot in the Western Conference. LeBron James had a triple-double in Cleveland's win over Indiana. You could actually... Also classified as a quadruple double because he also had a career high 11 turnovers, including six in the fourth quarter. And finally, Jason, we have an NBA social media beef to tell you about. This is delicious. So last night, the Knicks are playing the Suns in Phoenix. And Devin Booker of the Suns and Ennis Cantor of the Knicks get into a shoving match in the third quarter. It winds up with Booker being ejected from the game. The Knicks wind up winning the game by 22. And here we go. After the game, Ennis Cantor tweeted a picture of Devin Booker with the caption, Hold that L, kid. Talk to me nice or don't talk to me at all. Unquote. Now, Booker's teammate, Jared Dudley, leaped to his social media defense of his teammate. Dudley responded to Cantor by tweeting, quote, You talking like you in the playoffs, bruh. You not Westbrook, bruh. Don't let that Knicks hype fool you. We know what you are, a fake tough guy who liked Twitter. We already saw LeBron sun you, unquote. Well, Cantor tweeted back to Dudley, quote, Get on the treadmill before you talk, bro. You got the retirement body. Unquote. NBA social media beef 2018 summarized. Back oh, to you. Yikes. All right. Thank you, Isaac. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's been a crazy week in the NBA and the trade deadlines approaching. Who better to have on the show than frequent guest uh, NBA Oracle? Brian Winhorst uh, from ESPN. Brian, uh, thanks for taking the time. I know you got a young child. I heard that poopy diaper blowout story that you told on the podcast. Uh, as a as a father of two, I know those well. Uh, but we're going to focus on the positive. Um, Brian, 
Let me start here. Oh, no. It's uh, PTSD. (laughs) Brian, I have to start here. Did you see this moment last night on the Cavs bench where Kevin Love was toweling off and then he just tossed a towel at Jeff Green and it hit him in the face? Uh, And then we've seen some comments from Jeff Green on social media. Listen, I know a lot's been happening with the Cavs. Kevin Love is getting scapegoated by Jeff Green, who's been there for eight minutes. Uh, first of all, was that something or nothing? What, what do you make of that? And uh, where are where's the state of the Cavs after their win last night? I don't know what that was. I mean, they were they were making jokes about it in the locker room after uh, Jeff Green, you know, made a little show in front of the media to like, uh, I hate you, Kevin Love. But if you watch the video, Jeff, you know, didn't like it. No, sure. You know, um, but again, how do we prove intent? I, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I, look, the, the Cavs have bigger problems than. Than little than towels being thrown on the bench. Uh, let's leave it at that. Uh, they did get a win last night, which was good. Right now, they're struggling so much that any win is important, but it was not impressive. They had a 17 point lead coming into the fourth quarter. If they were playing, you know, a better team than the Pacers, they would have lost. The Pacers got it to within three, I believe. The Cavs, I think, had 11 turnovers in the fourth quarter, Oof. six of them by LeBron. LeBron had his first career quadruple double last night with the career high 11 turnovers was just all over with the ball in the fourth quarter normally one of the best closers in the league he was just a mess isaiah thomas was a was a disaster down the stretch (laughs) taking wild shots and they won because you know jr smith had his best game in two years quite frankly um so i so i mean in fairness to them it was a step forward but i hardly think you're going to be walking out of there thinking the Cavs are, are turning the corner yeah uh, talking with Brian Windhorst. Brian, I, I looked this up. I haven't heard anybody say this yet. Uh, LeBron is currently in the midst of the worst month scoring since his rookie year. Obviously, he's only played 11 games, but in games he's played, in months where he's played 10 or more games, this is his worst month for scoring yeah. since his rookie year. He's shooting 21% on threes. His free throw percentage is down to like 63 this month. Now, I'm attributing that, Brian. We've seen each of the last five years, he's taken off like five, ten games. He hasn't missed a game this season. He's top five in minutes. Are we seeing some wear and tear on LeBron? And we know that he, the Cavs have a single point of failure. If anything happens to LeBron, it's over for this team. Maybe. Um, you know, he was shooting his highest uh, three-point percentage of his career for the first two months, and he has highest three, uh, highest free throw percentage in like five years going mm-hmm. as well. So he was playing great. I mean, he was getting MVP. I mean, he was probably, when James Harden went down with that hamstring injury, I think LeBron would have become the betting favorite for MVP. Yeah. Um, you know, Ty Lue questioned whether or not some of those turnovers last night were because of fatigue. They had to play him over 40 minutes. Um, the irony, though, Jason, is that this is the, this is the uh, most rest the Cavs have had. This is by far coinciding with this terrible um, stretch of games. They've had a lot more off days in January than they had in November and December. In fact, they practiced more in January than they practiced November and December combined. Um, but uh, LeBron really pushed back on Ty Lue about that, saying he, he feels fine. That's one explanation. The other explanation is that January is when Isaiah Thomas came back in. Mm-hmm. And um, LeBron's touches have dropped. I mean, no, he, that doesn't explain his 20% three-point shooting. Um, he's obviously in a slump back there, and that's a factor. But um, LeBron's been averaging about eight fewer touches per game since Isaiah uh, came. And that makes some sense because Isaiah's a, a dynamic offensive player, and you want him to shoulder some of the load. 
That said, Isaiah is not playing well. He's shooting in the 30% range. Um, he's not been the same player he was last year. So part of it, I think, is Isaiah Thomas coming in. And frankly, the Cavs, before, uh, before Christmas Day, were the number three offense in the league. Since Christmas Day, um, which uh, you know coincides with their slump, um, they're ranked in the mid-20s. And again, last night they had a 42-point second half, which when you're the 30th defensive team, which they are, you score 40 points and a half, you're, gonna, you're not going you're not gonna to last too long. So Dang. I think Isaiah Thomas is, is a factor as well. Yeah, boy, all things looking bad for the Cavs. Hey, uh, Brian, let me quickly ask you about the DeMarcus Cousins injury. This is awful all around. I feel like the domino effect is just going to be awful. I mean, geez, is this going to end with, hey, man, we saw what happened to Elton Brand when he tore his Achilles. Elton Brand, number one overall pick out of Duke. Uh, not as good of a player as Cousins, but again, Cousins is 6'10", 260. That's a heavy guy coming back from an Achilles. He's obviously uh, not going to get a huge contract. Nobody's going to max out a guy coming off an Achilles. Brian, I, I got to ask you, like, does does this change dramatically the Anthony Davis future? I mean, maybe it's too early to tell, but the Pelicans miss the playoffs and fall apart. What are we looking at here? Yeah, I mean, just from a from a, from a team standpoint, they had probably just had their best 15-game stretch since they traded for him a year ago. Um, you know, they had crawled up above 500 or playing well. Last night had what could have been a state, well, it was a statement win, but a great win against the Rockets. Um, and he's making a hustle play to try to ensure that win. And he's having, in my opinion, the best season of his career. He's, he had a little bit higher scoring numbers when he was in sack, when he was the primary scoring option. But his, you know, he's putting up triple-doubles like uh, left and right. Had another triple-double last night. Um, his defensive numbers were the best of his career. Um, was absolutely blossoming into the kind of team that the Pelicans envisioned. And, um, you know, it's, it's probably the most devastating injury you can have in the NBA um, I suppose a broken foot for a big man is is equally as bad, but um, it doesn't take as long to heal. So you're looking for him probably will not be able to begin next season. And um, a lot of players, Jason, who come to the end of the free agency, guys on max contracts, they have option years in their deals. Um, you know, uh, for example, Paul George, we all talked about him being a free agent, but he actually has an option year in his contract. Mm-hmm. LeBron, same thing. He has an option year in his contract. Um, you know, they're sort of built in. We always assume that they're going to opt out. Well, DeMarcus does not have an option in his contract. His contract is up June 30th, so he will become a free agent. If he had an option, he could just pick it up, uh, try to get, uh, to try to recover, and then, um, you know, go from there. That makes things extraordinarily interesting. Um, because the Pelicans were preparing to offer him a five-year, $175 million max contract. Oh. They, had, they, had, they had done some things to do that. Um, and the reason they were going to have to do that, Jason, is that there was going to be a couple of teams that were interested in poaching him away. The Dallas Mavericks, one of the worst-kept secrets in the league, was that Dallas was, was eyeing him for over a year to try to go after him. I have no idea what they're going to do now. I really don't. I, 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 I know, I mean... And the Anthony Davis thing is a big factor here. I mean, Anthony Davis, I mean, I think it's irresponsible for people to talk about Anthony Davis as a trade yeah, um, situation fair. right now. He has, he has three years left on his contract after this one. The last year is an option year, so two years for assured. The, the, the clock is not ticking. That said, the Pelicans can't replace DeMarcus Cousins. It's not like they say, okay, we're not going to sign him. We will now go out and sign another star player. 
they're, the way their salary cap is structured, they don't have that kind of um, cap space. They also aren't a major free agent destination. So they're going to be under pressure to keep DeMarcus. So the question is, at what level do you do that? Hmm. Do, you, do you give him a, a multi-year max contract? Do you give him a one-year contract to let him recover? I really don't know. This is not a situation we've seen before. You know, when Kobe tore his Achilles, the Lakers gave him a two-year, $50 million deal, and that was a stunning contract and probably a contract that crippled them for a while. But that was also a contract that was a, an honorarium yeah. for everything that Kobe did. It's really, it's really apples to oranges. It's, you know, and, and, the, and to be honest with you, the, the, the Pelicans are operating in the red. You know, they give DeMarcus Cousins, you know, $30 million, which is what a max contract would be, and he doesn't play half the season, and they miss the playoffs. They're going to be a luxury tax-paying team that's paying tens of millions of dollars in tax because of a player who can't play for a lot of the season. So it's a, it's a brutal position to be in. I feel for DeMarcus. I feel for the Pelicans, and I don't know what they're going to do. Oh, that sounds awful. We're talking with Brian Winhorst on the NBA. Uh, he's on podcasts, TV, radio. I mean, he does everything. You know Brian Winhorst. All right, Brian, let's wrap up here with a couple. You floated on the Zach Lowe podcast. Just an awesome trade idea. I love this. Kevin Love for C.J. McCollum. Kevin Love would then possibly go back home where he's from. Uh, C.J. McCollum would go to the Cavs. I mean, maybe you toss in ancillary players or picks or what have you, but the numbers kind of line up straight up. Is there any shot of this happening? or was it, I mean, this to me, it's super interesting because if LeBron leaves, hey, man, I would at least have C.J. McCollum. I would rather build around C.J. McCollum, who's younger, uh, a better scorer, more guard-heavy than Kevin Love, obviously, heading into the future. Yeah, we were spitballing a little bit. We weren't like I wasn't reporting. Yeah, like, no, no, I heard certainly. this was happening. Yeah. Um, I, I just know that you know Damian Lillard began to rattle the cage out in Portland with this meeting with Paul Allen uh, recently, and um, you know that is the beginning. When you get a star player starting to do that, things get uncomfortable. Yeah. Now he has three years left on his contract, so there's no pressure. But you know you don't want to have this drama, and uh, the, the the Trailblazers have to this point been uncomfortable with the concept of breaking up their McCollum Lillard core. That said, playing with those guys together is not yielding the kind of results that either of them want. So um, whether this ever becomes a real conversation uh, down the line here, maybe not at this trade deadline, but certainly starting in the summer, we're going to start hearing some action involving those two, because I think Lillard's only going to kick a little bit harder. And I, you know, I don't think that that trade makes sense for the Blazers. I think that they would want to be incentivized a little bit beyond just Kevin Love. Um, yeah. uh, McCollum's contract is longer. He's younger. Um, you know, and so there, you know, there's, there's that factor, but Kevin Love is an all-star. So uh, I, I, I do think that if the Cavs were doing their due diligence, which they usually do, that they would place a call. Um, but let's keep an eye on this. If not in February here, maybe it gets revisited either with the Cavs or somebody else this summer. All right, uh, real quick here, Brian Winhorst. Uh, you just mentioned uh, Damian and CJ possibly breaking up if it uh, you know doesn't work out. Are we going to see the same thing in Washington with John Wall and Bradley Beal? Wizards have really struggled. They're pretty much capped out. They can't do anything. Uh, they, uh, one game away from the conference finals last year that seemed to have regressed. They've been, uh, you know, I would say they've, they're about to be passed by the likes of Philly and Milwaukee. Do we see the potential breakup of John Wall and Bradley Beal anytime soon? No, that's a confounding team, though, because <laughs> there's no, like last year, they absolutely should have beat the Celtics yeah. to get to the conference finals. 
And, um, you know, Isaiah was great in that series. Uh, they, John Wall had a miserable game seven. Um, but they honestly could have looked themselves in the mirror and said, we should have been in the conference finals and we could have given the Cavs a better game. And I agreed with them. And I went to their training camp this year in Richmond, Virginia, and I talked to them about it. And I looked at how they had upgraded their bench. I really do believe they had. Um, and uh, I thought that they should be better. Like, there's no reason looking at their moves and their roster why they shouldn't be better. And they just aren't. They're inconsistent. Their effort level, their, their, their execution level, their defense is all over the place. I cannot explain it. And that's worrisome. Uh, that said, Beal and Wall are under contract for, I think, Wall for five more years, Beal for, for three more. I don't think those guys are going anywhere. That's the core. The question is, does this team keep everybody else? Gortat, uh, Porter, um, Kelly Oubre, who's going to be expensive pretty soon. Yeah. This is soon to be a team that's going to be a luxury tax payer that is not a, that is not a serious contender. And when you see that, that's we're, really we're seeing that all over the place in mm-hmm. the NBA. Like people want to know why Kemba Walker is available. I'll tell you why Kemba Walker is available because the Charlotte Hornets are going to lose thirty million dollars this year. They're de- they're in the luxury tax next year and they're not going to make the playoffs. Wow. There's teams like that who are headed for these kind of, of financial situations because of the contract signed, and the Wizards are one of them. So uh, I, if, if the Wizards do not finish as a top-four team and do not make it to the conference finals this year, I think we're going to see changes there, whether it's uh, on personnel or otherwhere in the organization. Yeah, Brian, this is the stuff the NFL lacks sorely. The NBA has drama all over the place. We didn't even get to the Lakers, but, Brian, we got to go. Thank you very much. Great stuff as usual. The great Brian Windhorst of ESPN. Thanks, Jason. All right. Wow. I mean, geez, can we do three segments on that? I mean, he said so much good stuff. Coming up next here on the Big Lead, Fox Sports Radio, this uh, Michigan State scandal. We're going to get to that briefly. Uh, The Tom Izzo situation, Mark D'Antonio's situation, it feels like the tip of the iceberg. I'll explain next. My gosh. Brian Windhorst. We had him for 12 minutes. He gave about Six hours worth of content. Just absolutely tremendous stuff. Uh, one of the best NBA insiders there is. Woj, Broussard, Winhorst. Just tremendous stuff. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com and in 15 minutes you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Um, you know, going kind of off the board here. I... I, I I don't know what to make of this Michigan State scandal. Obviously, it's terrible stuff. Uh, the Larry Nasser situation at Michigan State has kind of snowballed into the AD had to step down, and now there's allegations against the football coach, Mark D'Antonio, and the basketball coach, Tom Izzo. Izzo said, what did he say last night, Rob? He is absolutely not going anywhere? Exactly. He is and, not stepping down, not retiring. And, no and D'Antonio said what? Basically, we're not going to comment on it, you know, trying to keep it yeah, focused. And, and what, what happens now? Is this going to explode on every college campus? Is that where we're headed? I mean, because, you know, obviously, listen, if there were things that they tried to cover up, that's not good. What do they say? The cover up is always worse than the crime. I, I just don't know what to make of this. It's ugly. Rob, you think there's more schools that this is going to hit here in the coming weeks and months? I would not be surprised at all if we see two, three more schools I mean, this summer. It's getting ugly. Maybe we'll touch on a little more. A lot of it has to do with the lack of media. As newspapers shrunk, they don't have investigative reporters. Coming up next, where's LeBron going to play next year? 
Welcome back, everybody. Hour number three here on the Big Lead Fox Sports Radio. Thank you for listening to a riveting first two hours, if I do say so myself. I'm your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. I don't know, Rob. I don't know about you, producer Rob. But I listen to the, I, I look back at our notes from the first two hours of this show. This could be, could be one of the better ones we've done. I mean, we've, we've hit on all the big topics. Patriots going to win in a blowout. Patriots are bad for the NFL because they consistent dominance. LeBron having his worst month as a pro scoring-wise since his rookie year. We got Brian Winhorst, Brent Musburger. I don't know about you. I, I've loved these first two hours. And by the way, nice job role-playing Dan Gilbert in that LeBron versus Dan Gilbert. Nick, uh, you could score that. If you don't mind, you were right there in the middle as Kobe Altman. Yes, um, silence per usual. As as LeBron, did you think I did any convincing to Dan to give up that pick? I think you did, but uh, you know, Rob doing a good job as Dan. He, you know, he might have sold it a little bit better. I mean, hey, Le- I mean, I agree with LeBron, but uh, Rob as Dan did uh, pretty good. And that kind of encapsulates the situation, right? I mean, <laughs> Rob, Rob, listen, as Dan Gilbert. This whole sell the team thing, it, it, you got one one bargaining chip. That's LeBron. And, you know, the future of this team has one chip. That's that Nets pick. So, uh, you know, Rob, you were pretending to be Dan Gilbert, obviously. But given the option, if you're Dan Gilbert, do you hold on to that pick and as your only hedge? Or do you just, I'm all in. I'm a gambler. I'm going all in. We keep LeBron. We lose LeBron. Whatever. Life's going to keep moving. I'm a multimillionaire. In all seriousness, if I was Dan Gilbert, I would not trade the pick because I would remember what it was like when LeBron left and they're only saving great. How bad they were. They were one of the worst teams I'd ever seen. Yeah. Those years without LeBron James, because not only were they bad, they were unwatchable. Stadiums not and filled. They ha- they got Kyrie Irving, which was a lucky deal because it was actually the Clippers. Yes, pick, and it was part of a trade from so many years before. Yes. Now imagine that team as bad as they were without a young talent like Kyrie, because that's what you'd be getting. You'd have a uh, maxed out roster. You know, there's no room to really add anybody. You have Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson, J.R. Smith, Channing Frye, and what? It's ugly in Cleveland. It's terrible. And and I got to say, at, for as much props as everybody gives David Griffin, this isn't he the one who drafted Anthony Bennett first overall? I mean, you bricked. You can't have that happen. And, and the Cavs are in a brutal spot. And if I'm LeBron, I'm out. I, I know we've been over this. And the one team that keeps coming up for LeBron this week, people are floating it. And, oh, it makes the most sense. You want to go to a winning team? It's Houston. And I'm going to just totally, absolutely eviscerate this Houston nonsense here in about five minutes. That's all it's going to take. Uh, And I went on Colin Cowherd's show and and talked about some of these elements. And these Houston fans come after me like I'm, I'm the worst human being on earth and I'm wrong about everything. No. No. If LeBron at third, and I will debate this with anybody and hand you an L. If LeBron at 33 years old goes to Houston 
to join a 60-win Rockets team. He's ring chasing. End of story. End of story. He would be a ring chaser. He would not be the best player on Houston. Nick, don't even argue. I mean, I actually try to argue this. LeBron goes to Houston. We see, I don't know, he looks to be declining. James Harden was the runner-up for MVP last year. He may win it this year. Who's the best player on the Rockets next year? In the Mike D'Antoni system, James Harden, Chris Paul, or LeBron? It's still LeBron. No! It's Get still the LeBron hell! James. How is LeBron come better on. than James Harden on that team? <laughs> because, come on, he's still the best player in the league. Come on, uh, I, know, I, know no. you're, I know you're about, I know you're all about KD, no. but he's still, right now, the way that he's playing, even at 33, going into 34, he'll be better than James Harden. James come Harden on. led the league in scoring and I believe assists last year. I believe it was he was one and one, or maybe Westbrook was one scoring. To to just go back really quick about the ring chasing thing, um, hmm, LeBron kind of did that thing back in Miami. And no, that was not. Crazy. Listen, oh, I will wait, defend wait. LeBron. That wasn't ring chasing. Really, uh, it's situational. Okay, so let me let me <laughs> okay. break it down. LeBron was in Cleveland and he was the best player. Took him to the finals against the Spurs. Then they fall back. I think they lost to the Magic, and it's like LeBron's like, "Can you get me some help here?" And, and they like, all right, we're on it. We're on it. I think it was Danny Ferry. We're on it. We're going to get you help. We'll get you Antoine Jameson. And we'll get you 36-year-old Shaq. And then LeBron, they fail against the Celtics. And LeBron's like, well, Celtics are out here building a super team. I got super nobodies. I'm out. I'm going to go to Miami. And they were, a, they were like a 43-win team that got knocked out of the first round. And we're going to build something. That's not ring chasing. It's not ring chasing. And, and getting Chris Bosh, who was who was just a beast at the time. They and, and, put together a great team. Wait, not two, this isn't not this three, isn't ring chasing. Not four, not five, no. not six. They're building something. <laughs> and, and yeah, they got a little gassed up. LeBron was in his prime, but LeBron was the best player on that team, right? Unquestionably. Yes. Yeah. So LeBron creating a team is not ring chasing. Ring chasing, by my definition, and I don't know, Rob, you can look it up in the Urban Dictionary. It's oh, you don't want to look up ring chasing in Urban <laughs> Dictionary. You might find some weird stuff. <laughs> <on there. laughs> you're not <laughs> you know, ring chasing to me. You're not the best player on the team. You're going to a championship team to win it. So Kevin Durant, I know you guys are going to disagree. Kevin Durant was 27, spent eight years in OKC, goes to the Warriors. I did not think that was ring chasing. Nick and Rob, go ahead. Yeah. You're, you're. Are you serious? I swear! I swear! I, I was a ring chasing. He was in a spot with Russell Westbrook. They were up three one, almost beat him. So it's not like there was a huge difference between OKC and Golden State. And let's be honest. I mean, you play eight years with Russell Westbrook. It's the guy's a ball hog. Why would I want to stay? So Durant then goes to the Warriors. The system they were recruiting him all the all the time, and he's the best player on their team. So he's not ring chasing. Ring chasing to me, by definition. You're at an advanced stage. You're on the back nine of your career. You go to a team that's going to help you get a ring. Not you help them. He went to the the most winning team in NBA team. history. Yeah, Jason, and he went to the team that they should. They're up three to one. They on were up three to one. And it's like it's like it's really it's like the kid who got bullied who ends up becoming the bully and joining that little crew. Like, come on, if he went to the Bucks or even my fledging Lakers, why would you that, go that's to the not Bucks? Ring chasing. I'm just I'm just trying to say like like not ring chasing is going to those teams. You go to the team that you should have beat and beat you and it was the best regular season team ever. Okay, that's well, ring chasing. Maybe okay, Nick, uh, you're very excited about this. Let maybe Killing it's me. me. I do not believe you can ring chase in your 20s. 
I don't. I just don't think it's possible. It depends where you go. At 33, would LeBron would be ring chasing with Houston? That's I, I believe that he's not going to be the best player. He's going to be chasing a ring, and he's going to a 60 win team where it's like, okay, maybe they can carry me to a title. Now, first of all, I don't think LeBron to the Rockets would work at all. These are Chris Paul, James Harden, and LeBron all need to be the ball in their hands. They're ball dominant players to win anything. Secondly, Mike D'Antoni's system. Run up and down, jack threes. That's not LeBron's game. Number three, getting LeBron would mean either LeBron or Chris Paul is going to have to take less. That is not happening. Chris Paul wanted a fifth year from the Clippers. They weren't giving it to him. He's like, I'm out. Chris Paul bet on himself. He's playing great. I'm not, I'm not going to deny that Chris Paul's playing great. But Chris Paul's going to want all his money. LeBron's going to want all his money. So now you have to. Somebody's got to take Ryan Anderson. Anybody taking Ryan Anderson? I don't think so. So you got to lose Trevor Ariza, who's a key reason CP3's having so much fun. They're buddies. You're going to have to lose P.J. Tucker, Luke, Mababa Mute. You know, you're going to have to lose all the ancillary pieces that help you. Eric Gordon, bye. And now you've lost all your three-point shooters. I'm telling you, Houston, LeBron, non-starter. Non-starter. The teams that are, are legitimately make sense to me, Sixers and Lakers. LeBron would be the best player on the Lakers, undeniably. He ain't ring chasing. And their three young players, Kuzma, Lonzo, and Ingram, are cheap. So LeBron can get his $35 million. Paul George can get his $35 million. And then you still got three great players. You have five really good players. In Houston, you're only going to have three. And I'm counting Lonzo as a really good player, Rob. I don't know if you'll disagree. Brandon Ingram had 28 last night. Brandon Ingram looks good. By the way, uh, I've been killing Brandon Ingram for lack of threes. His mid-range game is lethal. And I know you scoff mid-range game. Who cares? If he can shoot 50% mid-range game, that's really good. Uh, Lonzo, we need him to make some threes. I'm not worried. He's 20. Relax. Kyle Kuzma is just deadly. Kyle Kuzma is nasty. Head-to-head. Jason Tatum, four. Kyle Kuzma, 28. Did you guys see that game? This week, Kuzma ate him up. I think he had 17 in the fourth. Tatum has hit a bit of a rookie wall. He's had to carry a load in Boston uh, with Hayward Hurt. Tatum's been incredible. Tatum's first team all rookie. Uh, He's an awesome player. He's going to be a superstar. But he's hit a rookie wall now. Kyle Kuzma has not because he's got Ingram. He's got Lonzo. He's got uh, Julius Randle, biggest ball hog on earth. Anyways, LeBron to Houston. Watch your mouth over there. LeBron to Houston makes (laughs) zero Sense. I know Daryl Morey. I, uh, he follows me on Twitter. Uh, text him occasionally. Listen, he may not respond all the time, but there's no no way that's going to work. No way on earth, LeBron to Houston. Stop. Should we take this call, LeBron to the Rockets? All right, Joe in Florida. What's up? We don't take a lot of calls, Joe. You got through LeBron to the Rockets. What do you got? Well, I was going to say not to the Rockets, to the Lakers. Yes, okay. So okay. I'm I'm going to I'm going to bail you out, but I got to say this, Jason. If you look in the Urban Dictionary about ring chasing, mm-hmm. you see a picture of LeBron James' face. Oh, that dude's damn. ring chase. Damn, that's cold blooded, Joe. Okay. That is harsh. But, I, I, I will look, not accept now, that. I don't think he's a ring chaser. If he goes to Houston, look, I think. I he broke. I done broke you down, so now I'm going to build you up. <laughs> so I think LeBron is going to go to the Lakers. Now, I got a theory, though. Okay. And you heard it from me first, if it works out. LeBron James is a part of this socially conscious movement where he's suddenly become socially conscious. 
You saw him talk about the H&M thing. I think LeBron James is either going to back out of his contract with Nike and he's going to become a partner in the BBB brand. Okay, that, that, left me spe- that left me speechless. He's going to get in bed with LeVar Ball. LeBron James, arguably the greatest athlete of this generation, is going to get in bed with one of the most reviled parents in sports history, and he's going to help him make a lot of money? I'll tell you why. Because LeBron James is a person who is always looking to invest in minority ownership. And so he wants to take away from Nike, and he wants to build up the BBB brand, but as a partner. And this would send him to the Los Angeles Lakers so he can now market for all the other NBA athletes who are looking for a shoe deal. All right, Joe, listen, I'm wrong. Listen, Joe, thanks for the call. We've taken some hot takes here. That may be the hottest. Okay, I, I'm seeing some uh, some flames coming out of the control room here. Me saying that Isaiah Thomas had a better Celtic career than Paul Pierce was less hot. Than <laughs> than yeah, I, listen, if anything, LeVar Ball could be an impediment to getting LeBron here with the Lakers. Then, uh, we, then we trade Lonzo. It's no big deal. Then you, then, listen, I got to be honest. If you're going to trade anybody, I'm not giving up Kuzma. I'm not. Or Brand, Ingram. I don't think I can give up Ingram. I think Ingram's still 20. Yep, same age as like, Lonzo. If anything, Magic, oh gosh. Magic could be holding the ace card. Hey, Lonzo, check your dad or we're going to trade you to we're going to trade you to Milwaukee. That's what LeBron whispered to him. Remember when LeBron whispered something to Lonzo a long time ago? But no, they they got the audio of that Nick. No, no, no. no. <laughs> that would have been funny. Hey, yo, check your dad. Uh the big lead on Fox Sports Radio coming up next. Yeah, we could do more. We're going to do another NBA segment here in like 15 minutes. But I, I have to talk about this. The Senior Bowls today. It's big for the draft. Um, and I want to talk quarterbacks in this draft. Um, it's important because of what's going on in the NFL. We'll get to that next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. We got some breaking news here in the NFL. Get to that in a second. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. All right, so it just happened. Rob Gronkowski out of concussion protocol, and Rob Gronkowski is at practice today for the Patriots. So we can put aside all fears that Gronk would not play in the Super Bowl. I, I don't know anybody who's that concerned. Um, but again, the Super Bowl storylines are so stale and boring because the Patriots are here again, and there's really nothing to talk about with them. We know they're the greatest dynasty of all time. We know their quarterback's the greatest in NFL history. We know their coach is the greatest. I mean, like, what? there's nothing left to say. There's no comparisons for them. So Gronk is back, out of concussion protocol, and he's going to play eight days from now in the Super Bowl. All right. I do think... I'm actually... Is this going to sound crazy, guys? I'm more excited for the NFL offseason than I am the Super Bowl? No. Huh. I'm more into NFL free agency. Maybe it's because my There's team. some big names that might be on the move this offseason. Yeah, and that's what's exciting. We, we just did a segment on LeBron and drama. We had Brian Windhorst on earlier talking drama in the NBA. There is so much potential chaos. They are embracing the drama. You look up and down the NBA standings, and you have, like, what, 
two teams in each. Do they still? I don't even know if they do divisions anymore. But in the East, I would say half the teams have drama. Right? The Cavs, obviously. The Miami Heat are talking about trading Whiteside. Maybe Winslow. The Wizards, as we talked about with Windhorse, there's drama. 76ers, the process. Ben Simmons, Embiid. Will Embiid ever play a back-to-back? The Bucks just fired their coach. Are the Pistons going to blow it up? They're now ninth. Charlotte's going to trade Kemba. The Brooklyn Nets drama swirling around that Cavs draft pick. In the West, I mean, the Spurs and Kawhi. The Rockets and LeBron, potentially. Jimmy Butler and the Timberwolves. How much does he love it there? I've heard not good things, but I don't want to go too in-depth because I like the Timberwolves. OKC and Paul George. The Pelicans boogie goes down. Portland, the complaints of the owner. Drama, drama, drama all over the NBA. What about the NFL? Is there drama anywhere? And there isn't. That's That's a main problem. So where can you find the drama? Well, you can manufacture some. The quarterback situation in free agency from Kirk Cousins to Tyrod Taylor to Blake Bortles. There's some drama, but usually in the NFL, there's no movement. Ah, but this year there's one thing different. This NFL draft is loaded at quarterback. And there's going to be a lot of drama surrounding the likes of Sam Darnold. Surrounding the likes of Josh Rosen. What's going to happen when he interviews with teams? We know the entitled, pampered, rich kid is the narrative on Josh Rosen. Can he change that? Does he need to? Of course, there's Baker Mayfield, the drama king of this draft. I I think Lamar Jackson is fascinating. I had somebody tell me this week, somebody in the NFL say, keep an eye on Lamar Jackson late first round. Developmental quarterback. You get that extra year if you take the quarterback in the first round. And if you take him late, it's not the end of the world. Broncos took Paxton Lynch late first round. Is anybody killing Elway for this? I mean, I'm killing him, but the media has given him a huge pass. Josh Allen, holy hell. I'm telling you, I'm not touching that guy from Wyoming at all in the first round. He's going to go in the first round. If Hopefully my Jets don't do it. But there are so many issues with him. There's a kid named Riley Ferguson out of Memphis. Keep an eye on this guy. Great backstory. There could be some drama here. Riley Ferguson out of high school was so good he committed to Tennessee. He had offers from everybody. But Derek Dooley, the, co- the coach who got him, was fired. New coach, new court, new issues at quarterback. Riley Ferguson, see ya. The guy was detailing cars and working in a fence company after leaving Tennessee. Lands at Memphis. In two years, throws for 70 TDs, 8,000 yards. He's a 23-year-old kid. I believe Riley Ferguson can go into the NFL in the right situation and be a starter. This kid's good. We got Luke Falk, the gigantic quarterback at Washington State. I think he's 6'6". Listen, there's a quarterback at Virginia. Kid by the name of Kirk Benkert. Keep an eye on him at the Senior Bowl today. Did you see him against Miami? I sure did. 384 yards, four TDs. Got a big arm. There are a lot of good quarterbacks that are going to spice up this draft. So where the NFL lacks in drama, we're going to hopefully get it in free agency, hopefully get it at the draft. 
Drama makes the league go round because there's a lot of time to fill. Remember, folks, and I, I again, I don't think anybody's seeing it this way. The NBA action is way more than the NFL action. Uh, I think the Wall Street Journal broke it down a couple years ago. If you boil down an NFL game to actual plays, not replays, just time between the whistles, there's like 11 minutes of action in an NFL game. That's it. That's it, 11 minutes. There's not a whole heck of a lot going on in an NFL game. And to supplement that, you've got a lot of replays. It's great on television. But you need the ancillary drama. You need the side stories. That's why Guerrero versus Belichick and Brady, that was so rich for this show and every TV show and every radio show for so long. And it was good for clicks. I I hope you guys are agreeing with me here that the NFL needs some drama, needs some storylines, needs some juice. Hey, here's one. Seattle, quietly. How many coaches did they fire this offseason? You're fired. The Seattle Seahawks missed the playoffs, got the coaching staff just by missing the playoffs. Now look at the Dallas Cowboys. They miss the playoffs and do virtually nothing. They don't do anything. I don't understand how the Dallas Cowboys can return almost intact, soup to nuts, coaching staff, starters, and they miss the playoffs. Like the Dallas Cowboys are my were one of the biggest disappointments in the league, along with the Raiders. Now, what do the Raiders do? Raiders go from what, Nick, 12 and 4 two years ago? Or 11, 11 and 5, 12 and 4, whatever it was. They come out this year, lay an egg. We told you they were going to lay an egg. We were on that. We gave out the under in the preseason. They gut everybody. Everybody, get up out of here. Let's bring in Gruden. Let's win some football games. That's good drama. And the NFL needs a lot more of it if it's going to hold off the NBA. Again, NFL has some concerns right now, folks. They need a good offseason here. They need to get back. They need their quarterbacks healthy. Deshaun Watson, Andrew Luck, that's a certain way out of out of uh, the kind of doldrums that they went through this year. I, you know, I wrote this down. I hope I can find it here in my notes. I think, now this is a little hot, Rob. This is as hot as your Isaiah Thomas over Paul Pierce's the Celtic. I believe the ideal final eight next year on the best weekend of the NFL would be these teams. Dallas, obviously, Zeke. Uh, Dak, maybe Des, Philadelphia with Wentz, the Rams with Goff and Gurley, and the Packers with Rodgers. The only team I don't have in there is Jimmy G and the 49ers because we know they are going to be a darling of NFL fans. New breed, right? He has that Patriots lineage. He's a handsome fellow. The ladies love him. The guys want to be his friend. Maybe Jimmy G cracks that Final Four. But for the AFC, I have no Patriots. I I think for interest and intrigue in the NFL, I need the Patriots out. You need to get them out of there. Give me Deshaun Watson and the Texans. Andrew Luck. We forget Andrew Luck. Playoffs. First three years as a quarterback. AFC title game in year three. Okay? And then, you know, the other two are toss-up. I would like to see the Jaguars get back. To me, they're running their mouths. Leonard Fournette's a star. Can't take your eyes off him. 
and, and I know this is not going to be popular, but I want to see an improved Cleveland Browns next year. I want to see them active in free agency. They got all the money. They got all the draft picks. Go get Kirk Cousins. Throw a pistol uh, money whip Le'Veon Bell to come to Cleveland. Go get an awesome draft pick or two or ten and get to the playoffs. That's a good story that the NFL needs. New breed, new meat. I'm over the Patriots. All right, coming up next year on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Listen, NFL trade deadline. I'm sorry, NBA trade trade deadline is about eight to nine days away, February 8th. I got a move that I think if the Cavs can't get Paul George, I think could help. That's next, but first, let's go to Isaac Lowenkron for the latest in sports. Jason, moments ago, Michigan Attorney General Bill Schuette announced that his office will conduct a wide-ranging investigation into Michigan State University's handling of the Larry Nassar sexual abuse case. And Schuette had some particularly strong words for the Michigan State University Board of Trustees while making his announcement. Listen, this is just moments ago. It is abundantly clear that a full and complete investigation of what happened at Michigan State University from the president's office down is required. We will put a bright light at every corner of the university. I don't need advice from the Board of Trustees at MSU about how to conduct an investigation. Frankly, they should be the last ones to be providing advice given their conduct throughout this entire episode. Strong words from Michigan Attorney General Bill Schuette just moments ago. Ian Rappaport of NFL Media just reported that Patriots tight end Rob Gronkowski participated in practice today for the first time since sustaining a concussion in the AFC Championship game. And finally, in the NBA, multiple outlets report the New Orleans Pelicans big man DeMarcus Cousins tore his left Achilles tendon in last night's win over the Houston Rockets and is out for the season. Jason, back to you. Thank you, Isaac. Uh, Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio, I'm your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Hey, uh, before we get to this Cavs idea for a trade, let me quickly, we didn't get to the Michigan State stuff enough um, earlier. I just want to, Rob, I'm going to dip back into it real quick. I believe one of the reasons we haven't seen more Michigan States over the last decade is because of what's happened in the media. When the newspapers started getting slaughtered by the blogs and, you know, the Internet really crippled newspapers. What were the first positions to go? Features writer, investigative reporter. You can't pay people big bucks to produce one story every three or four months. You can't pay people to do one story a month and investigate for six months. They're just it didn't make sense financially. When content had to be had. Is that wrong? Of course, on some level, it's wrong. But these newspapers are businesses. They've got to deal with the bottom line. And if you're hemorrhaging money, hey, you got shareholders to respond to. I mean, people forget newspapers are businesses. That's why Jeff Bezos, Bezos, however you pronounce it, buying the Washington Post was huge. We're going to see these other billionaires buying newspapers as vanity projects where if they lose, hey, you lose a couple million, not the end of the world. I'm a billionaire. Who cares? These investigative pieces can pay off hugely, bigly, as the president likes to say. So 
we're going to see more of these Michigan State issues at other universities. Listen, don't you guys remember when Urban Meyer was at Florida? How many arrests there were? I know the Tim Tebow story was awesome, but that masked a bad stench at Florida where players were getting busted left and right. I mean, it was ugly. Go look up the arrest numbers. They were huge. We're going to start to see newspapers, maybe magazines, maybe online media dig into some of these universities, and and these scandals are going to get exposed. So we're going to see some more Michigan states here in the next couple years. All right, let's get back to the NBA. Uh, Can we take this call? This guy Daniel's been waiting forever. Daniel out here in Cali. The Lakers don't want LeBron, you're saying, Daniel. Welcome to the show. What do you got? Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, yeah, as a real Laker fan, a legit Laker fan, I don't want LeBron. Okay, hold on, and Daniel. Let me stop you. What is a real Laker fan? Can you define that? Uh, a real Laker fan hates the Lakers right now. Why? Uh, Julius Randle Julius Randall is a bust. And okay. LeVar Ball, and the Lakers are just down right now. And and a, uh, a real Laker fan realizes that no one's coming to L.A., and we need to build the draft. Man, dude, you, like Daniel, you are beaten down as a Laker fan. Jeez, I know it's yes, been I a am. few years. Let me guess, though. You loved Kobe. Of course. Yeah, I don't and you love giving Kobe a two-year, $50 million deal, which crippled the franchise for a few years. Hey, five rings. Five rings, and we still don't, and they still don't say he's top ten. Some people don't even have him top five. I don't have him top ten. And he's not going from town to town chasing a ring. Oh, gosh. The Kobe fans. Okay, Daniel, let me ask. Okay. Who won those first three rings? Was it Shaq or Kobe? It was both of them. It was a collective effort. Who won the finals MVP all three years? Uh, Shaq did. Okay. How, what, and then when Shaq left, Kobe won what without him? Nothing. He won a championship. Okay, no, well, no, no, Kobe no. won two they championships. They had to go okay, get, they had, Daniel, they had to go get Pau Gasol. Okay, so hold on. Let me. Let, okay, you had questions for me. Now let me have okay. questions for you. Yes. Who made the game-winning shot for LeBron to win in the Heat? Mike Miller. Who won the game-winning shot for LeBron to win in the Heat? Ray Allen. Ray Allen yeah. And who had a game-winning? Who had to shoot the game-winning shot to beat the Warriors? Kyrie Irving. LeBron is not that great. Oh gosh, Daniel, I love that. <laughs> the only thing I have to say about this is that I just want the NBA not to trade with Cleveland, and I just want to see LeBron crumble. At his own dismay, because he overpaid J.R. Smith, Tristan Thompson, and now he has to sleep in his own bed. Oh, and I Daniel. hope nobody trades for fired him. Fired up. Hey, Daniel, that's good stuff. I will say, I like how he fired back. Daniel, thanks for the call. Uh, listen, man, I got to give it to these Laker fans, dude. Yeah, Rob is cracking up. Nick is shaking his head. Hey, Daniel, that was spirited, and I could tell. Guys, he's serious. He's not joking. You know, here's the thing. Oh, here we go. I, I, oh, everybody's fired up when, now. When Daniel. He, when he first called in, I was against him like, like, oh, the, the real like, like, like Randall's a bust. Uh, you, we, like, what kind of fan doesn't want LeBron, the best player in the world, on their team? That's ridiculous. Yeah, but Mike Miller hit the game winning shot. No, but, but then you turned into Kobe's not top 10. Kobe, what did, what did Kobe win after Shaq? Are you kidding me? But anyway, oh, no, Nick's coming after me. God, you're Rob, just, what you're you fired up. Yeah, he only, he only went to a back to back to back after Shaq. That's oh. all. After Shaq, he won, like, 42 games, bounced in the first round by Phoenix. And then I think he missed the playoffs one year, didn't he? When Kobe dropped 81 on the Raptors. The reality is nobody can do it alone, guys. Shaq needed Kobe, no doubt, but Shaq was the alpha. Kobe needed Pau Gasol. I mean, but just don't, don't, 
act like Pow is in the same sentence as Shaq or something like that. Like Kobe made Pow. What was Pow before Kobe? Come on. Well, Pow was a great player with the Grizzlies. He just couldn't do any go anywhere. Wait, you say Pau Gasol was chopped liver? Not like he's chopped liver, but just don't say like, oh, Kobe needed Shaq. Oh, Kobe needed Pau. Like, like that's somehow related. That's somehow n- the same Nick, you Shaq. really don't think Kobe needed Pau Gasol to win those of course, two titles? Of course he did. Okay, okay. Look, you give Andrew Bynum the respect he deserves, all right? He was a key cog <laughs> on those teams. <laughs> hey, and Odom is, Odom is still underrated. Needed Odom Derek Fisher. Player. Odom right? was good. Yeah, Derek Fisher at that game-winning shot against the Spurs, didn't he? That was like point oh seven seconds or whatever. Listen, uh, I'm not a Kobe hater. I just, I just, <laughs> okay. I, I just don't think he's. I don't think he's in the same class as Magic, Larry, Tim Duncan. Um, oh my, Tim Duncan! What? What do you mean, Tim Duncan? Oof. Seriously, Nick? <laughs> I d- didn't you say you have Tim Duncan top? You have Tim Duncan top five, don't you? I think Tim Duncan's top six, <laughs> top five or six. What are you scoffing right. at Tim Duncan for? Tim Duncan Tim took Duncan. less money so the Spurs could keep their dynasty while greedy-ass Kobe said, give me all the money. I need all the money and ruin the Lakers. Yeah. You, you know, know what that means, Nick, is Jason's going to take less money so you and I can get more money on this show. <laughs> yeah. Because he wants a successful <laughs> show. I, listen, I'm, I'm far from a Kobe. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not a Kobe. Uh, but I ain't taking less money either. Well, I mean, I'm not making that much money either, but... Uh, Listen, we go to we go to a five day a week show. We'll talk, uh, you know. But you know, I hope Shapiro is listening. Anyways, um, listen, I know the Laker fans out here love and worship Kobe. I wasn't out here. I was back east when the Kobe thing was happening. I re- I, I get it. Kobe top twelve all time. Is that okay? No, Nick. Do you think Kobe's had a better career than LeBron? No, okay. I told you LeBron's number. I have LeBron two all time, two. but okay. and I have Kobe six. I don't think he's top five. We've been over this. I, I love Kobe. Kobe or Magic? Magic. Kobe or Jabbar? Kareem. Kobe or Bird? Bird. Barely. Kobe or... Is Russell in this? I got... Okay. MJ, Braun, Magic, Bird, and Kareem. Then I have Kobe. And then Duncan right after Kobe, so I'm not a big Duncan hater. Calm down on that. I... I oof, okay. He's See, top 10, Jason. If you damn, don't have him top 10, I think you're a hater. Uh, uh, folks, if you want an inside radio, Rob is going to come up to me in the break here and say, dude, you didn't pay off your tees. I'm giving the inside detail. Yeah, and Rob bad. just threw his hands up in anger. Yes, I, I know. We were going to talk about a trade to get the Cavs. But Daniel, the caller, got us all fired up. The Lakers don't want LeBron. That is pure, unadulterated insanity. Everybody wants LeBron. Now, I will say this. After I went on the herd and said... LeBron would be ring chasing in Houston. All these Houston people came after me. Some of them, small segment, maybe 15% said, we don't want LeBron. We can win. We can beat the Warriors without him. I think that's garbage. Um, All right, so we'll save the trade idea for coming up next. Yes, yes, yes. I'm bringing you inside radio here, people. Um, The one trade I do believe that could get the Cavs definitely to the finals. I don't think they're a lock to come. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Oh, boy. I see I see. producer Rob is nervous for something I'm about to say. It's late in the show. Um, but the guy who hosts the show next, Steve Hartman, you know, he's here in the studio. He just came in to talk. I heard my Kobe bashing. We watched Nick just steam coming out of his ears. I- I'm not bashing Kobe. I'm just real Kobe. talk, folks. Um, all right. I-, I-, I don't want to get in trouble, but real quick on Kobe. So Kobe's been nominated for an Oscar, okay, for that short. By the way, I like that short a lot. But in this current climate, when Casey Affleck 
is being told, yeah, we're, we're not going to let you be a presenter, even though you won last year. And uh, James Franco, we're scrubbing you off the cover of this magazine, and you're not being nominated. You guys know their allegations, right? How come? How come? Kobe's not under the same scrutiny, given what happened in Colorado over a decade ago. I'm just going to float that out there for you. I'm not going to be the one to drive that bus. I'll let Mr. Hartman do that on his show next. He's fired up. I'm a radio rookie. I'm just trying to get get you know get get uh, get a good game here um, and learn the ways. Mr. Hartman could go in next. I, I highly recommend you to listen next because he he may just open with it. He's fired up about it. But in this climate, how is Kobe's incident in Colorado being totally scrubbed over? I'll leave that out there for you, in Los Angeles, to uh, to chew on and think about. Don't look me up on social media and come after me. I'm just not going to have it. Um, all right. So a while ago, I promised you a trade. Actually, Rob, I almost wish we could replay some of our Dan Gilbert LeBron discussion. That role play. I've never done role playing on the radio. It was tremendous. I thought it was excellent. Um, I won the role playing, of course. It's LeBron. Uh, but if I'm the Cavs, trade deadline coming up. And I said this to Brian Windhorst. CJ McCollum for Kevin Love. He Windhorst actually floated that. I heard. I'm like, that's tremendous. Now he there's no reporting there. But if you are the Cavs. You need to get better on the wing. You need to get better defensively. Offense is not your concern. Do you trade Kevin Love for C.J. McCollum? The DeMarcus Cousins injury is is brutal. I don't think he made sense for the Cavs anyway, mostly because he don't play a lick of defense. Now, C.J. McCollum's not like first-team all defense, but he's a better defender than J.R. Smith. He's younger. He's a better scorer, better everything than J.R. Smith. If you could go, McCollum, Wade. This is just a crunch time lineup. McCollum, Wade, LeBron, Crowder, and Tristan Thompson. I think you may have a better defensive lineup. Offensively, you're fine. But I do believe. I, I don't think they're going to trade Isaiah Thomas. I don't think you could fetch much for him. But if, if Rob, if the Cavs come to the Blazers and say, we'll give you Kevin Love and our pick in the draft, which is like 24. 324 for CJ McCollum. Do you do it if you're Portland? Yes. And the reason I would do it is because, not because I think that Kevin Love is a great player, right. or I think CJ McCollum is not a great player, but because we've already seen that Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum is not They've getting it done. They've kind of maxed out. Exactly. Right? I think they hit their ceiling. Now, two years ago, they were good against the Warriors in the playoffs. Curry got hurt, if you remember. This was before they got Durant. And um, the Warriors, I think, lost a game to the Blazers, or it was like three super close defeats. And to me, they look like the baby Warriors. The one thing they're missing is that stretch four, or even the stretch five, to shoot threes. Now, can you play uh, Nurkic, Love up front? I don't know. Maybe. Not going to work, Nick. I mean, Nurkic is a good player. Nurkic, Love, Lillard. Shabazz Napier's playing really well. I know it's a small dose. It's taken him a couple years. Remember, he was awesome in college. Awesome at UConn. Didn't really fit in Miami. He's playing great in Portland. I don't know how much you're watching the the Blazers. Um, But I think they're going to have to move C.J. McCollum. So, 
That's one idea I would do. Or listen, if you're Dan Gilbert, as Rob said, I'm going to stand pat. LeBron, see ya. I would not offer Isaiah Thomas any money. And all of a sudden, I'm, I'm you know, building around Kevin Love, the, the, the Nets pick, which is probably going to be anywhere between one and eight, uh, maybe one and nine. Listen, you could get Trey Young in the draft. You could probably even unload Kevin Love for another late lottery pick. I would do that in a heartbeat. Um, but if you could get Trey Young, a kid from Oklahoma, it's going to take him a little while. That's not a bad building block. He's must-see TV. Fun show today. Thank you to Brent Musburger. Thank you to uh, Brian Winhorst. Uh, producer Rob was excellent. Nick, Iowa Sam, Isaac on the updates. This was a great show, folks. The podcast will be up later. Enjoy your footballless weekend and uh, be safe out there on the roads. Thanks for listening. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.